Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, two very exciting moments in the story of your people. Nehemiah coming from far, far away to the city of Jerusalem with a vision that you'd given to him to restore the city and just starting to take stock. And then Paul and Barnabas released from uh, their church in Antioch and commissioned and sent by you around the neighboring countries with that first extraordinary mission journey, missionary journey, which has paved the way and been the example for so many journeys of mission since then by your faithful people. Lord, open our hearts this morning to the vision that you want to share with us. Speak to us by your spirit, we pray. Amen. Well, I guess I should, first of all, thank the readers, uh, firstly, for being patient enough to wait until about yesterday uh, before they received the readings and then discovering that they got such complicated readings to read. Um, I'm very appreciative. Thank you very much. Read them extremely well, powerfully, and uh, enabled us to step into those two really significant stories. I have some fellow feeling with Nehemiah. Uh, Not that I'm particularly a builder. Um, I did did once attempt to uh, erect a fence with my younger brother. I was about 10, he was about 7. And we did that classic, you know, you nod your head and I'll hit it. And um, sure enough, uh, with uh, blood pouring down his face and tears streaming down mine, we rushed back into the house And uh, I was just devastated at what I'd done. And eventually he said, listen, Mike, it was my head that got hit. Okay, so enough of the tears. So, um, yeah, sure, I'm not a builder. But when I was appointed here, vicar, about 10 years ago, for the three months after that, before I actually began work here, I jogged every morning around the uh, streets of this parish. Uh, praying for the parish, praying for this church, St. Jude's, its spire like, a, um, like a, an electric conductor for the power of God rippling out across the parish. And during those three months pounding the streets, God began to show me a vision for this congregation. And as with Nehemiah, it was a vision for rebuilding walls, for consolidating occupation, for pushing forwards boundaries and influence. Some of that vision has already come into being, and some is still awaiting its day. Let's just think about some of the great things that have happened over the last 10 years. Well, firstly, we've built a wonderful entranceway. Thank you, Debbie, for your leadership of that. Um, an entranceway through whom about five times as many visitors now come through the ministry of the welcome team there. We've seen couples come to faith through Alpha, now Christianity Explored. We've been instrumental in at least 10 weddings of couples who met or grew together in our fellowship, with lots of baptisms as well. We've continued to build our children's ministry, making it a dynamic, attractive, and life-shaping force in the lives of young children and their families. 
We've seen children continuing to grow through our youth ministry onto vibrant faith at college and beyond. We've built up our safeguarding practice from almost nothing to being judged outstanding by a national auditor. Of course, we've backed our school and our nursery to the hilt, seeing the school adjudged outstanding by a national church inspection team and the nursery changed to 51-week provision. We've produced two ordinands, we've trained two curates, we've trained two lay readers. We've run a whole range of effective family discipleship and leadership courses which have enabled us to grow in our faith and discipleship. We've run conferences on alpha and prayer and healing and thrown a couple of amazing street parties. We've had social outreach ministries like Beesum and Healing on the Streets and Friday Fridge, of course, goes from strength to strength, shifting its style as the profile of guests has changed over the years. And, of course, Thursday Club and Monday Fellowship have been ministering powerfully as well. We've supported St. Simon's in Mission Partnership, the Deanery Youth Project, the Whole Link through Project G, and our mission partners at home and abroad. We've raised our giving by more than 20%. We've restructured our staff team several times for more capacity to invest in growth. And all in all, we've grown by about 25% and we've touched the lives of thousands. But like Nehemiah, we keep finding year by year that things which were once strong need strengthening again. But that's just life. People go, other people arrive. Core leaders move on to new ministries, or get tired and need R&R, or move on to other cities and countries. And those who arrive have different gifts. A couple of years ago, in the, um, in the family service, copying Nehemiah, I got uh, one of our youngsters, James Aidy, to um, play his trumpet, blow the trumpet for different parts of the um, building to show where we, where we needed help and assistance next. So what needs strengthening now? Well, it's not so widespread as it was then, a couple of years ago, when almost the whole staff team left. But <laughs> there are a couple of areas. With Andy's departure and Emily's long-term sickness, it's going to be tough in the office for the next couple of months until we make a new appointment. So please be patient with us. And you'll notice, if you've looked at the back of the notice sheet, right at the, back, at the bottom at the back, um, that uh, we're looking for some help with some cleaning because Pat, our caretaker, is off sick as well. Um, all of that leads us on to uh, the other major area which needs consolidation, and that is our finances. Due to the difficulties of last year, the death of our treasurer, the tragedy of that and the complications that followed, due, of course, to the continuing rise of costs and the loss of some of our faithful givers, we still have a large deficit predicted for this year. As always, I'm challenging those of you who are new, who don't yet give to St Jude's, to begin giving. You'll find more information about that in uh, this month's uh, um, vision brochure, which I'll hand out to anyone who wants one after the service. If you're already a, um, a regular giver, I would love you to consider switching from whatever is your normal method of, of uh, making your donations to a new scheme called the Parish Giving Scheme. 
uh, which will really ease the burden on our finance team and help us to recoup our gift aid. Um, it was launched in my absence uh, last year when I was in America, but I, um, I don't know if you saw the little video that I sent. You may not have sent, seen it in this service, um, but I let people know then that I am already part of the scheme and I found it very easy uh, to, to switch to. And uh, it, it is, from the giver's point of view, it's a very simple process. And uh, if you wish it, it protects your anonymity and it's very easy for you to make changes. Um, I'd love you to consider doing that, and if you do uh, want to find out more about that, then when you return your, um, your response form, there's a little box you can tick saying that you'd like to find out more about the parish giving scheme. Yes, we're going to face struggles and sacrifices in the year ahead, but I want to say to you that I'm not concerned. I know that God is at work in you, and that through you and for you, he's going to release the resources that you need for the ministries he's calling you to. Quite the opposite. I'm really excited by the opportunities that he is setting before us to reach out in new ways with his love for the community around us. While I was running the streets of St Jude's Parish 10 years ago, I learned all the street names. Seemed a good idea at the time. And uh, by the end of it, I had a really good idea as to um, every street name where anybody might live. So if you said, um, I think I live in your parish, I live in this street, I would have known straight away whether that was true or not. Interestingly, whenever I saw a street name leading out of the parish and thought of um, memorising that as well, I had a sense of God saying to me, not yet. Concentrate on your own parish for now. But in my heart, then, ten years ago, God was already planting a seed, the seed of a vision that the time would come when St. Jude's would indeed be looking wider, beyond the street names of its own parish, when we would once again be planting new congregations with responsibilities for new communities. I've often asked myself and others, what's the point of an apple tree? What's the point of an apple tree? The answer is... To produce apples, of course it is, and very tasty they are too. But what is the point of an apple, other than to be tasty? The seeds inside the apple, the pips. And what are the points of the apple pips? To grow new apple trees. So the whole point of an apple tree is to reproduce itself, to grow new apple trees. And exactly the same is true of a congregation. It's to grow new disciples with the seed of the gospel within them so that Jesus can lead them to new places and plant new congregations through them. Our first two vision goals, you'll remember, have focused on the roots and the trunk of our shared faith. But we also need to look to its fruitfulness as well. Within 10 years, not of my coming as vicar, but as the founding of this church 160 years ago, within 10 years, we'd not only built our school, but we'd also planted two new churches and built two new schools. Okay, so I've got a pretty high um, bar to jump over. If I think that, uh, you know, the things that I've done are marvellous in 10 years, the first 10 years of this church's life were much, much more prolific. There was DNA already 
in this church when it was founded for planting new congregations. But that seems to have been forgotten over these last 15 or 16 decades. But over to our east, that way, just a mile or two away, lies a parish whose congregation has dispersed. St. Margaret's on Highland Road. The building, oh, here it is. The building is abandoned and round it is a community largely unchurched. Thousands of people who don't yet know Jesus, his love, his healing, his salvation, live around that building and see it every day abandoned. Well, the bishop has given to us the opportunity to plant a new congregation there, to take what we've experienced in this wonderful fellowship and to share it with those who haven't, to put into action what we've been learning and to take a step further in our vision to see Jesus' love transforming lives from the heart of South Sea. There's some more information about that in this brochure, which I'll give to you at the end, as I said, if you wish one. One of the challenges that I'm bringing this Vision Sunday is to invite people across the three congregations, if they would like to be part of this church planting um, adventure, to let me know. Now, you may say in this congregation, oh, well, you know, we're a bit beyond, a bit past that kind of excitement and adventure. Paul was a young man, and, you know, that's kind of a little bit ago for us. Well, I want you to know that when I mentioned it to Mary Thurlow, she said, oh, I'll come and play the piano for you. Okay, so the challenge is out there. It doesn't matter how old you are, you could still be involved in praying or encouraging or being part of the adventure. In the story of St. Paul's first missionary journey, we heard several very significant things. And the first is that through prayer and fasting, the church in Antioch heard God's challenge to release their two best leaders and teachers to plant new congregations in regions beyond them. Now that must have been a really hard sacrifice. I know what a tough sacrifice it would be to release key people from this congregation to go somewhere else. People have said to me, listen, we're finding it hard enough to sustain this building and this ministry, let alone starting a new one. Well, the church in Antioch would have found it exactly the same. Secondly, the small church planting team that set off faced constant hostility and opposition, as you heard. So it wasn't any easier being sent. On the other hand, lastly, the incredible fruitfulness of all that sacrifice we heard about in the story. We heard of the miracles, we heard of the lives transformed and changed, new congregations in Paphos and Perga and Pisidian Antioch in Iconium, Lystra and Derby. People received into eternal life, Christ glorified, new congregations planted, leaders appointed, disciples strengthened. And when Paul and Barnabas finally returned to Antioch, they brought with them the news of this extraordinary excitement and fruitfulness and shared it with their sending congregation. The church at Antioch took risks and shared in the resulting joy. If we too want to share in that joy, 
and in the blessing of new birth, we have to be ready for the pain of labour. So, Jesus is calling us ever forward. God's inviting us, our theme verse for this year, to seek him and to find him in worship, in the sacrifice of giving and releasing, and in the commitments of ministry and of church planting. How is God challenging you? And how will you respond? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, We are humbled by your invitation to us to be partners with you in your work in the world. We understand that that will involve sacrifice and some suffering, but also offers us, invites us into the incredible joy of seeing new life growing, new life in you. We ask that our hearts would be open to you today, these coming weeks, and in this year to come. That we would seek you with all our heart, and seeking you would find you. Not just for our own sakes, but for the sakes of those who don't yet know you. Be found by us, here and in the streets of this parish and the parish of St. Margaret's for your glory. Amen.